Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's another weekly State of the Market update on our Home Alone podcast, where we talk everything related to mortgages and home buying. I'm your host, Matt Gare, NMLS 1549221, Equal Housing Lender. Today's episode is recorded Friday, May 12th. The past week has followed the trend of the previous two weeks. We've had lots of movement in rates day to day, but no consistent direction in that really. Mortgage-backed securities and bonds continue to trade within a defined range, and there has been no breakthrough on either the floor or ceiling there. So in simple terms, interest rates continue to get better, then worse, then better, then worse, better, worse, all within a fixed range on either side of about 6.5% for a conventional loan. As of Friday, the 12th, average interest rates on a 30-year fixed conventional are right around 6.55%. If you are looking at FHA or VA loans, they're down a little bit lower, around 6.25% on average for a 30-year fixed rate. So I want to emphasize, as always, this is not a personalized rate quote. It's just information on national averages. If you are looking to get a quote on what your interest rate would be, give us a call. Outside of this, there's nothing major to report as it relates to rates. We continue to watch economic data with an emphasis on inflation and jobs. Less inflation, good for interest rates. Higher unemployment and lower wage growth, good for interest rates. That's what we're looking to see, at least if your goal is to get a better rate on a mortgage. That being said, the continuing struggles with some regional banks and their deposits may be increasingly a factor as we move forward. I'm still of the opinion that this doesn't represent, you know, major systemic risk for like a collapse of the banking system. You know, we've got the federal government there to intervene. Your deposits, uh, 250,000 and under, are insured. That's done by the FDIC. So there's a little bit of risk there uh, and it may continue to impact mortgage rates though. Outside of that, what other news is there in the mortgage world that you need to know about? Well, today we've got a couple nuggets for you. First of all, the FHFA has agreed to permanently rescind the DTI LLPA. And our second item is that credit report and credit score changes are coming in the next two years. So let's talk about that first one, the FHA, pardon me, the FHFA DTI LLPA. That's a lot of acronyms to chew on. (laughs) So let's, let's clear up what everything is going to be. FHFA is the Federal Housing Finance Agency. It's the government agency that oversees Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. They have a ton of control over what Fannie and Freddie do, even though Fannie and Freddie are technically private companies. It's called being a GSE. There's another acronym for you. Government Sponsored Entity. Fannie Freddie wanted out of conservancy when they paid back all the bailout money they got in 0809. A condition of getting that money was that they went into conservancy, that they got oversight from FHFA. Uh, They wanted out. They paid back the money. They have not been let out. They are still in conservancy. Imagine it as something like a kid who just turned 18, and now they always want to do their own thing. Like, I'm 18. You can't tell me what to do. However, mom and dad are still paying for their car and paying for them to go to college, so mom and dad still have a lot to say about what's going on. It's kind of like that. DTI, that's your debt-to-income ratio. Take your total monthly credit debt, that's credit cards, auto loans, mortgages, stuff that shows up on a credit report, and you divide that number by your gross monthly income. It's a ratio, it's a percentage, and it's your DTI. LLPA, that stands for Loan Level Pricing Adjustment. It's all the little adjustments to your interest rate. Stuff like your credit score, your down payment, the property type, that all impacts the interest rate that you get on a mortgage, and it's called an LLPA. 
So if you're on social media, if you watch the news, you might have heard something a couple weeks ago, you know, two, three weeks ago about how there have been recent changes and how to the way that credit score impacts your rate. You might have heard something like low credit borrowers are getting a better deal than high credit borrowers. Okay, I'm only going to say this once. Better credit scores result in a better interest rate and or lower fees on a mortgage in 100% of scenarios, okay? Also, these changes aren't new in May. They've been in place for several months. Those are uh, little nuggets that you might have been hearing in the, uh, in the news or on social media that are incorrect. But back to the point. Uh, they did make some changes to LLPAs, and these were announced by FHFA very early in 2023. One of the proposed changes was an LLPA based on your debt-to-income ratio. Essentially, what they were saying is that if your debt ratio went over 43%, they were going to impose an increased interest rate and or fee as a result. So <laughs> this is done to help affordability, proposedly. The idea being that if your debt ratio is high, meaning you're already struggling maybe to cover your payments, we're going to help you by giving you a higher interest rate and a higher monthly payment. That makes a ton of sense, right? So the mortgage industry collectively lost its mind because that's terrible and also extremely difficult to imp implement, practically speaking. Uh, FHFA listened. They heard that feedback, actually. And what they did is they postponed this particular LLPA based on debt ratio. Um, it was supposed to go into effect along with everything else a couple of months ago, and it didn't. They said, you know, it'll happen in August. There was more conversation that happened after they postponed it, and ultimately they decided to let the debt ratio LLPA die a permanent death. Thank goodness. That means that you as a borrower are not going to be penalized on your interest rate if your debt ratio goes over 43%. That's great news. Uh, folks that are struggling to keep up with the cost of buying a house and paying a mortgage have dodged a bullet here. The other change that I want to talk about is credit scores and credit reports, specifically in the mortgage world. If you weren't aware, there are different credit score algorithms. So your credit score for a consumer loan, think, for example, an auto loan, might not be the same as your credit score for a mortgage, um, and that will continue to change. You can expect two big things to happen by the end of 2025. So starting in quarter one of 2024, mortgage lenders will be given the option to use a buy-merge credit report rather than a try-merge credit report. What that means is that right now, mortgage lenders get a credit report that pulls from all three major bureaus. That's TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. All three of those show up on your credit report for a mortgage, and we use the middle of the three scores as your score for the mortgage. Well, starting at the beginning of 2024, we're, we will have the option to use just two of the three bureaus. That's going to make your credit report a little bit cheaper. It's going to lower cost. Um, it should save you a little bit in that way and also create some competition between the bureaus, ideally giving them an incentive you know, to improve what they're doing rather than just you know, taking people's money and selling all of their data without consent. That's right. You heard me. The credit bureaus... TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian are selling a ton of your sensitive data with or without your consent. It's pretty terrible. Now, in quarter three of 2024, lenders are going to start to see new credit scoring models along with the old scoring models. So they're going to update the algorithm 
And in the second half of 2024, theoretically, when I get a credit report, it's going to show your score with the old model. And we're going to use that. And it's going to show your score with the new model so that we as lenders can kind of see what the different scores are going to look like and provide feedback on what is and isn't working or what, what we see that maybe would be concerning there. Ideally, at that point, and pardon me, by that point, <laughs> by quarter four of 2025, the new credit scoring model should be fully implemented and in effect. They've had time to gather feedback, maybe fine tune things and put them into effect. So what's going to be different about these credit scoring models? Well, we don't know precisely, but one thing in particular that they have mentioned is using trending data rather than just current data. So that, that gonna, that, that's credit cards. Um, right now, if you have a credit card with a really high balance, if it's maxed out, that's damaging your credit score. You can pay off the credit card and your credit score will improve dramatically, typically in about 30 days. As soon as the credit bureaus get, get reporting to show that lower balance, your score immediately improves. Um, that won't necessarily be the case going forward. They're going to look at trending averages. So if you have a credit card that was a really high balance for a really long time, when you pay it off, you're going to have to keep it paid off for a little while to see the full benefit. But there's a flip side to that, that, you know, let's say your credit cards are always paid off and one month you go out and you, you pay for a vacation and it has a really high balance and then next month you pay it off. Well, you've got one month where the balance was big and they're not going to penalize you as heavily on that month. So rather than just looking at what is your credit card balance today, they're going to look at the average history of how you use your credit cards in total. So that's going to be a big change we'll see there. There will be more to come on this as we learn. I'm happy to share updates as I get them. Uh, I will say having only two out of three bureaus showing up on credit reports is going to get a little interesting, I think, because it's going to create more discrepancy between lenders. If one lender pulls from a bureau that has a lower score than another lender, they might be offering you a different interest rate. So based on which credit bureaus lenders are pulling, you might be getting different credit rates or different fees even though your credit profile is the same. They're just using different bureaus with different scoring algorithms. So I'm really, really curious to see how that plays out. I'm curious to see if we'll, we'll have two bureaus reporting higher scores that result in better interest rates. If that's the case, I think lenders are going to lean really heavily on those two because it allows them to offer a better interest rate and be more competitive and capture more business. But we'll see. That's all I've got for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, this is Matt Gare with Man Mortgage, your host. I hope that you are having a wonderful day and that you have a safe journey home.